Welcome to Coffee, Chew, and a Chat. I'm your host, Sahir Gill. I'm a current professional hockey player and aspiring entrepreneur. Every episode features a conversation with a guest centering around their career, their passion, and the journey to discovering how to connect the two. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. If you're looking to discover your true calling, listen weekly to guests that were in your shoes and learn their story. Now, to the interview. Welcome to episode three of Coffee Chew in a Chat. Today I am joined by one of the nicest human beings that you'll ever come across. He has a smile that will put a smile on your face without a doubt. He's a, a great teammate, a former teammate, and former roommate of mine. Uh, we enjoyed a lot of great memories together. Uh, he's someone I think that brings a lot of value in, in terms of perspective and, and a little bit of a deeper understanding outside of the game of, of hockey. And uh, his story is one that I think will bring a lot of value to, to everyone. My guest today is Justin Smith, and he is uh, today a firefighter. So, Smitty, thank you for jumping on with me. Thanks for having me, bud. Good to be back. Good to be back in, uh, in conversation with my boy. Yeah, no, it's been, it has been some time and um, it's been great to catch up and I look forward to this, to this episode. Um, we'll jump right into kind of the start, you know, I know that you're a firefighter by, by this point in time, but I just kind of want to talk about your journey that you had as far as getting to that point and uh, playing hockey. Uh, you went to RPI, you got a degree in business, then you went on to play pro hockey. And, and once your career ended, uh, were you able to utilize your degree and how did that go for you um yeah like after i so my last year pro was was with you um the 2004 2013-14 season um and after that i just yeah it was time for me to shut her down and um that was a tough part of my life um as as guys that will listen to this know um when you're done the hockey and realize that um that it, it, what you've done all your life is now over. Uh, it's really hard. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into that. But um, yeah, I, I thought I'd try to use my business degree. Um, and I thought it wouldn't be too hard. Uh, I come back to Nova Scotia. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get a job. Um, everybody I talked to, oh, yeah, well, we really like you, but uh, you don't have any experience. And it's like, well, I have life experience and, and it, it's been a grind uh, through this hockey career. But um, but yeah, I don't have the experience you're looking for. On to the next one, on to the next one, on to the next one. And um, it just it, it put you down, man, um, and realizing that that the hockey part was the biggest part of your life. And um, anyway, I, I went out to Calgary because there was lots of job stuff going on out there. Um, and it took me a little while to get a gig, but finally got a sales job with Pepsi. Um, and in my particular instance, uh, I hated it. Um, it was just stocking shelves all, all the time, basically. Um, working like 15, 16 hour days and just getting paid for nine because I was on salary. Um, and in Pepsi's defense, they didn't want me working that long of hours. Um, but the problem was what needed to be done in each store was a lot. And, and for you to do it properly, it needed to take that amount of time. So it was either like 
okay, don't do the job properly uh, and just work the nine hours, but then kind of you feel like garbage that you're not getting the things done that need to be done or stay the length, get all the stuff done properly, but you're like, you're killing yourself. And I remember my manager, uh, he was a great dude, young guy. Um, and there was one time I was at like a Sobeys and uh, it was like 10 o'clock at night. I still had another Peloton load and I was just frustrated. And he came, he didn't want me working late hours, but he ended up driving out to the store and helped me uh, stock the shelves. Uh, really appreciate that. Ryan Thompson. Um, anyway, um, ended up hating that. Had to make a decision uh, if I was going to keep doing that or quit. And I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, ended up quitting it. Felt like crap about that. Um, but just hated it, hated it, hated it. And um, and for anybody that's working for Pepsi, it's no offense. And, and that was just my <laughs> my situation. Uh, <laughs> and same with, same with Ryan. He was the man. But. I just, for me, it just wasn't for me. Uh, got out of that. And then, then it was a real tough time. Like I said, after getting out of hockey, it was bad. But, but then at this point, after quitting a job, you feel like a quitter and you have no idea what you're going to do next. Um, I was like 25, 26 and, uh, I was lost, man. And I was trying to think of like, well, what am I good at? Like, and I would feel like nothing. Like it was like hockey was what, what I was good at. Um, there's nothing else. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And it was a, a, a bad time in my life. But then I ended up really starting to think of what really um, made me tick kind of thing. Like what I what my core stuff was that like I like in life. Um, and one of the things was was being a part of a team. Um, which Pepsi, I was just by myself all day, but being a part of a team was huge with me. Um, and that I was used to that with hockey. And I just, I love that. I love being around other people. Um, another thing was, uh, to be able to do something that helps other people, um, but still make a, a decent living with it. Like volunteer work is fantastic and you get to help lots of people out that way. But, um, I wanted to be able to, do that while putting food on the table um and then another thing was to be able to exercise regularly because everybody knows like how good that is for your your mental health as well as physical um and with pepsi when i was working like i was just like i, I was not going to the gym at all um i was just i was up at 4 30 and going to bed at 11 and like crushing like mcdonald's because that was the only thing open uh, on my way home from work. And just, I, I just felt like garbage. Um, anyway, those three things were big. Um, and also uh, making a reasonable living with, with a decent schedule that I'm able to, to at some point have a family and, and uh, uh, be able to see them so that the work-life balance was, was okay. Um, and then firefighting really checked off all those boxes. Um, and so uh, at that point, like I said, I was out in Calgary and, uh, I talked with a guy I knew and his dad was a chief and he was like, dude, like firefighting, it's going to take you forever to get into. Um, and school is expensive. 
um, man, like, I don't know if you want to do that. So I was like, well, that sucks. I'm not going to be doing that. And then I was working construction, just trying to make some money and, and figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and then I really thought about those four things again. And I was like, man, I got to try this. So my okay. parents fortunately helped me out, um, helped me pay, pay for fire school. Um, guys wonder what it is. I, I kind of forget. I think it was like 12 grand um, for this particular course. And uh, where I went to fire school was uh, Lakeland College in, in Vermilion, Alberta. Um, and the course that I took was a condensed version and I think it was, I think it was six weeks or two months, something like that. But it, it was a condensed thing where you get your level one and level two firefighting schooling done. Um, there are departments all across the country that uh, that most of them you need your your level one and level two, but some departments you don't need any schooling for. Um, and uh, yeah, but but. Um, that's that gives you these the certs um and yeah when i so i signed up for fire school went to fire school and the first day um we were in the classroom and we were learning a bunch of things and then the uh, academic advisor looked at us all and said like okay so just wondering like how many of you are, are you'll study an hour after class each day and I thought, like, well, an hour, like, that's pretty good for studying. Like, I'll, I'll study an hour. Raise my hand. Then he said two hours. A few people raised their hand. He said three hours. Not many raised their hand at all. And then four hours, nobody raised their hand. And he was like, well, for you guys to pass this course, it's going to take you four hours every night after your class already to study, uh, to pass this thing, because the book is, like, that thick. Um, and... I remember after class, I called my mom and I was like, mom, I don't think I can do this. Like, I, I can't study four hours a night. Um, I just, with my attention span and reading speed, <laughs> that just wasn't going to be a thing. Uh, so, uh, but, but my mom was like, listen, Justin, it's two months. <laughs> like you, You've done so much in your life before that you've grinded at things and like, just take two months, put your social life away and just study, study however much you need to um, and get through this. Anyway, the course started going on. I started loving it. Like our platoon we had uh, there was awesome. Made, made some buddies that I still chat with once in a while. Um, and we didn't need to study four hours every night. But we definitely did need to study a good amount. Um, and I, I just remember a lot of people would be going out to Boston Pizza um, after class and stuff. And a lot of times I'd be like, sorry, like I just I can't do that right now. I got to study. Um, and but but then when you started realizing that you actually like what you're reading and like what you're doing, um, I started started doing well with it and and actually enjoyed studying which makes a huge difference um you got covid bud <laughs> no no <laughs> definitely um, don't um yeah. yeah that's no that's wicked that's um obviously quite the timeline that you put together there um 
kind of wanted to just long winded. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I just wanted to dial it back just a little bit. A uh, couple of quick questions. When you went to school and you're getting your business degree, is that something that you took that business degree with with a career in mind, or is that just uh, kind of something you thought you'd be interested in and decided to, to pursue? Honestly, uh, RPI Rensselaer, it's known for um, for engineering. And I just knew that engineering wasn't going to be what I wanted to do. So I just kind of went with the other thing that their their business school is really good as well. Um, So I'm like, well, that's what I'll do, I guess. But yeah, I just mainly went there for the hockey. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I think is pretty par for the course for a lot of hockey players that end up do going to school, especially the NCAA route. Uh, hockey is usually priority number one for right or wrong or better or worse. Um, I know I was the same way in that regard. A second question I had for you just uh, before we get back into the firefighting was you mentioned just experience being such a roadblock for you and not uh, being able to have any, especially coming out of the hockey world and just, you know, spending that much time and going in what, as far as adversity goes, was there any drawback from your hockey career that, that helped with that? Or um, was there any, was that a completely new experience for you? It, um, it was once again, I mean, you remember playing and wheeling with me, like I was in and out of the lineup, like, um, and that was the same with college. I didn't play as much as I wanted to. Um, and so there was, there was, in the last bunch of years in my hockey career before this experience, there was lots where I was just like, man, this sucks, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Um, so going through that where everybody was like, no, you're not good enough. You, you don't have enough experience. Um, it certainly uh, puts you down, but at the same time from those experience, like you said, throughout hockey, you're just like, no, like, I got to get through this. I'm going to work hard. Um, I will find a way and, and you end up, um, I think a huge part, I mean, me getting the job with Pepsi as much as I hated it. Um, a big, uh, the, the biggest part of how I got that was a cousin of mine, um, knew somebody there and he used to work for Pepsi. And, um, so I think a huge thing is, is, um, networking, as much as you can, if you're in a hockey career long, make sure that in the summers and stuff that you're still, you're not just hanging with your boys all the time. Um, try to just get to know some other people. Um, I know back when I was playing and, and I was young, that wasn't something that I really liked to do. It was just like, no, I'm staying with my boys. Like yeah. we only have so much time. Right. But, um, but it is important to just meet other people. And because it, when you know somebody, it goes a long way, man. Right. No doubt. I mean, that's, um, that's such an important point because, you know, especially with hockey, you know, it is easy to stay within that circle. And a lot of times, you know, it, it doesn't seem worth it or that there's any point. Right. But the time does come in everyone's career when, uh, we need to switch gears. We need to switch industries or we need to, to find out what to do next and to, to be able to, to have it, even the experience of talking to other people that uh, are, are doing other things, you know, and, and being able to give them a phone call and say, hey, like, you know, what are you doing? You work at Pepsi, you know, what, what's that like getting that experience? Uh, 
it just gave you such a, a leg up as far as not needing to go through feeling like you got no options, you know, and just, and just kind of being stuck in a rut. Um, and I also wanted to talk here about your leaving Pepsi, you know, you saying that you just didn't, the passion wasn't there for you and, and just how important that was that you weren't just doing a job for money and, and being stuck with that. And, and especially coming off of, uh, you know, leaving the game of hockey and how that story that you came up, um, you know, with the four fundamentals that you knew as far as um, what your passion was going to be, it had to be circled around those four things, but um, that decision to leave Pepsi, um, what, what, what really went into that? I mean, you could have kept, I'm sure, making some good money and, and continued down that path. And uh, I'm sure that there's opportunity after some seniority or some tenure there that, you know, your schedule would have lightened up and, and your position would have changed. But um, what, what made you decide, that, hey, the paycheck isn't exactly what I'm going for. You needed to, to find your passion. Yeah. Um, and that was true. Like that, that was a big selling point as to why I even um, <clears throat> uh, was happy to get a job there because PepsiCo is worldwide. Um, there is plenty of room to, uh, to advance and promote. Um, so I was excited and, and starting out, and this was back again in 2014, starting out, I think it was uh, 52,000 starting out, but then it, it builds um, as you go. And um, so I was excited about that, but yeah, like you said, when I started realizing how much I hated it, um, it, it took a little while for me to kind of like, I, I would have battles in my own head being like, man, I'm making good money here. If I just grind it out, like I'll promote, which, which like you said, it does get easier. Um, but it's still, even the job that was next in line for where I was, was a job that I did not want at all. Like I saw what they were doing too, even though it was easier, it still was just one that I was like, man, that it does, it just doesn't give me a sense of purpose at all. Personally, uh, other guys love it. Other guys have great careers there, but, um, and, uh, so it, it was going back and forth, like, man, I've never quit anything in my life. I'm not going to quit now. Like, and then I would keep going. And then at the end of that week, I'd be like, I'm done. It ain't going on anymore. I'm done. I'd be like, no, I can't quit. I'm not a quitter. Da, da, da. And then, it, but it just got to the point. It's like, man, it put your pride away. Like, you can I don't think it's considered like quitting is a bad word to me like a, a bad word to use in that s situation it's like like a change is a better word I guess and and um but finally I I pulled the plug I was like man I can't do this anymore like this is not giving me a sense of purpose I'm not enjoying this at all I won't like the, the job that I get if I get promoted. It's just like, where is this going to end? And this is not, you, you have one life on this earth, man. And it's like, I need to figure something out that I will enjoy. And at this point, I can't handle living this life anymore. So I need to go. So um, it was tough though. Cause I, I mean, I still had rent to pay uh, and whatnot. So, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but I, I then got into construction just to like, yeah. I got a construction gig to, to pay some bills. And I also, as we'll talk about with firefighting, it's good to get trades, uh, to have trade experience or, or 
um, anything that like that with hands-on, like they like to see that. So I was like, well, if I'm going to make money somehow, I might as well try to uh, get a construction gig. So, right. Yeah. No, I think that's uh, you talking about quitting and, and, you know, a lot of times even just the, the energy that we put into words, you know, can have such a factor on our mindset. Right. And, and quit, um, you know, that automatically causes that reaction with you where you're like, I, I'm not quitting, you know, and, and, you know, transitioning or changing, you know, is such a, a better way of looking at it because uh, I admire your courage for, for having the awareness to, to realize that, you know, it just wasn't for you, you know, and instead of being stuck down that road and, you know, like you said, there's guys that, that, that go that route that are in the sales uh, position, um, or working within Pepsi and, and can really see their future there for you to, to not see that. That takes a lot of courage, uh, especially when you don't have something immediately lined up, you know, at the time to, to say, Hey, you know what, that uh, I really enjoyed the, the line that you said that you have one life. You know, I think a lot of people can, can, can realize that, but they really don't understand the severity of it, or they don't really give it the, the severity or the, the weight that it de deserves within their life. Right. I mean, you're in control. You don't want to be looking down the road and looking back and, and just you know, looking at time loss, looking at opportunity loss and to just kind of yeah. nip, that, nip that in the bud and just say, Hey, you know, now's my time to, to really take control of my life and, and, and where you want to go and having a bit of a vision as far as the direction that you want to go and realizing that, you know, you need to take a little bit of action to, to have some control over that um, because ultimately it is you that controls, um, you know, the path of that life that you do have. Um, you mentioned going into school and you took the school as two months. I love that story also of uh, calling your mom. Um, and getting, <laughs> yeah, getting like a, 25 years old, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> getting a little kick in the butt and, and just, um, you know, just, you know, we always need that guidance. Um, you know, someone that you trust, that's going to be able to kind of put things into perspective when you're a little tightly, tightly tied, uh, to the situation, it can kind of be hard to see, but, uh, I'm sure you're thankful that you saw it through once you, as far as the, the, the schooling itself, was that all, um literature as far as you know tests and, and books or, or is there a physical component at that stage no yeah with um with lakeland and again it's different in different schools um but where we were we would have um, um uh, in class stuff um early on i think for the first week again i I've, it's all kind of a blur but Early on, I believe, like, the first week was, like, all in class. Um, I'm pretty sure other than, like, just going out and just, like, becoming aware with, with some of the gear and whatnot. Um, but then it started – then it kind of turned into um, you would do, like, classroom in the morning and then lunch and then, uh, and then practical in the afternoons where you'd actually be going through what you learned, uh, in the book. Um, and then, yeah, there was, there was, uh, testing, um, like, like written tests. Uh, but then there was also practical testing as well. Um, and it was all kind of mixed throughout, um, and quizzes and whatnot. But then there was like the two big tests, like the level one test, um, which put everything together from a, a big part of the book. Um, and then 
you would go into doing a bunch of quizzes and learning and whatnot for the level two stuff. Um, and then you'd have the big test uh, at the end of the course for your level two. Um, yeah. And uh, right. did awesome. you, did you have uh, did you have an aha moment? You said at the start, you're like, I don't know if I can do this. What was the, uh, was there a TSN turning point for you as far as, <laughs> it snaps, you know, a snap of the finger, like you did something, whether it be like the practical, you saw the gear, you know, kind of got a taste as far as what the life might be. And that was kind of like, no, this is what I want. Yeah, um, there was. Well, like, so after that first day, I remember the rest of the week, like I, I went out and uh, we had lunch and a buddy of mine, Aaron Maneg, he works in uh, Winnipeg as a firefighter now. Um he had this massive lifted truck and I remember thinking like, who's this guy, bud? Uh, but he's a beauty, like such a salt of the earth guy. Um, but I remember just thinking like, man, I like this guy. This guy's a good dude. And then a guy named Sean Forbes, like he was another guy, like just a, a, a country boy, like solid dude that just like, he'd give you the shirt off his back. Um, and I just remember thinking like, man, I'm enjoying these guys. Like this is, this is like-minded guys. It kind of reminded me of hockey with just being around guys that for the most part you get along with. Well, um, those were two of my, two of my boys, but then there were like everybody else in the, in the platoon I got along with. I was like, okay, like, like that, that this is a group of people that is very similar to hockey. Um, people that, that, um, want to work as a team, want to like accomplish things as a team, um, are, are putting themselves in situations that are tough. Um, but like the reward is good. Um, just like a bunch of different things. Like it, it, you, you play around and whatnot until it's game time and then it's time to get serious. And, um, that's the same with firefighting. Anyway, I, I kind of felt that as the schooling started going, I was like, man, I, I'm enjoying this. But then one thing that, really kind of it made me feel good and kind of made me be like okay this is something like I can do this um we had a quiz and they they would tell you who got top score in the quiz um and I mean you know me from living with me I'm a bit of a goofball like and and there's some things that you can't really take me seriously on and I, sometimes I sound like an idiot <laughs> Um, not 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 oh not true not true not idiot that's that's, that's a harsh word <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh but but i ended up getting the uh, the top mark in the quiz and the boys all started calling me rain man <laughs> <laughs> well that's it's, it's almost kind of like a training camp vibe it seems like you know when you you kind of show up and you're not really sure what to expect half you is kind of like you know, I got to meet all these guys, you know, how's it going to go? You, you almost don't know what to expect or you might expect like, yeah, yeah, I'm not, maybe I don't, uh, maybe I don't have any buddies in this team or, or, you know, maybe it's just, uh, you're not, you're not exactly sure what the vibe is and then you get a chance yeah. to meet and, and it's always, it always ends up being um, a great experience, but just how that feeling, you're almost like giddy, you know, it's like uh, being a young kid at, at school and you're yeah. like, I got, I got new friends, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, sure, I, it's got like that. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, being like in kindergarten or grade one, you're like, all of a sudden you meet someone new and you're just, 
you know, you just, uh, you just get a good feeling from it. That's, uh, that's hilarious. Uh, Rain Man, not, not bad nickname for an idiot. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, another thing. Uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I know a lot of, especially, I mean, the PHPA has the, the program with firefighting and, and hockey and, and firefighting. It seems just for kind of the reason that you described, you know, that, that hockey players, firefighting is something that they'd like to do, you know, whether the, a, a lot of guys follow through on it or not. Um, as far as once you became a firefighter in the atmosphere around the, um, do you guys have a name for it? Is it, is it called the dressing room? Is it called, you know, like the, the clubhouse like at, or is it called? at the fire hall. Yeah. Um, different places call it differently. Like um, where I'm particularly at, um, where you hang out in the fire hall, the spot you hang out uh, is the galley. Um, another spot, they just call it the lounge. Um, so it's nothing at our hall anyway. It's nothing, nothing crazy or different. Um, but at my at the department I'm at, it only has two halls. Um, so I'm with DND uh, in Halifax with CFB Halifax. Um, and so it, we take care of the military areas. Um, and there's two fire halls. There's one that's at the uh, um, ammo depot in, in Bedford. And then there's the one uh, right under McDonald Bridge in Halifax. Um, and they, uh, the one at the ammo depot is, uh, it's a much smaller hall. And there's only five guys there at a time. Um, and so it's, it's like, it's a more, um, yeah, compact area, I guess. There's uh, not as much going on. Uh, whereas the, the hall down under McDonald Bridge, um, <clears throat> that's uh, there's usually 13 guys at the hall at a time. I should know these numbers, <laughs> but uh, um, call the call awesome. the chief on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's awesome. Both both spots are fantastic. They they both have um, great things and and um, at the dockyard, the one under the bridge, um, there's definitely more action, I guess, um, than the ammo depot. But the ammo depot is something that, like. Um, if something does go wrong, <laughs> it'll be really wrong. Uh, right. yeah. And, um, but yeah, overall with, I'm going off on a tangent here a bit, but, uh, with our department, um, it's not half as busy as, as like normal city fire halls and, and departments. Um, because with, 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 with just the military areas, there's not that many, uh, people on base, um, so like I said, we do get calls and, and the calls can potentially be devastating to the, to the city, uh, if not the province, but, um, but there's not as many, the call volume is not where, uh, where city departments would be not even close. Right. Yeah. And what, and what, what would the shift, uh, schedule look like for you? Uh, in terms of like we do 24 hours on and then 72 hours off at our department, um, right away like there's there's some place like hr on fire um they eventually get to to that spot but when you first start 
depending on the rotation of, of guys retiring and whatnot, uh, you, you're in a uh, schedule that I think is like um, uh, four days on, uh, but they're like 12 hour days. Um, I forget to be honest, but it, it's something where you're working days, day shifts, right. basically. Um, and then, and then once guys retire, then you get, you get placed in a spot, um, that you have your, uh, uh, 24 hours on 72 hours off. So they have the, the same one. Once you get through your kind of, um, early time with, with the hall. Um, right. But, but are you asking like what a normal day looks like? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Well, then, so 24 hours on, I mean, are you awake for 24 hours? Are you, what, uh, run us through a day, run me through a day as far as you showing up until you leave. Yeah. Um, so each day of the week, um, the hall has, has, uh, procedures that, um, that go with that day that, that are things that you need to get done kind of thing. Um, so at the dockyard, typical, typical, typical day would be like, uh, you get there 7:55 is our shift start, uh, in the morning. So guys get there seven 30 or whatever, um, get changed. Uh, be ready to go for your actual job at 755. Um, you have a kind of a meeting together to talk about what's going on for the day. Um, and then you, you split up and you go, you, you have your assignments for what truck you're going to be on, whether it's on the end with our department. Anyway, there's uh, the fire engine, which is like um, it's the, our main apparatus that, um, you can pump water from uh, and just respond to all calls. Um, then we have another um, apparatus that's a, a ladder truck, um, and that it's a, it's an aerial that um, it's got like a hundred ten foot ladder on it, and that's uh, that typically when it's in service because our trucks get issues quite often, but um, that'll go to the calls as well. Uh, but that only holds, uh, well, if, if our, if our crew is full that day, um, the engine will have, uh, the driver and the captain in the front seat. And then the, uh, there'll be three or four guys in the back. Uh, the ladder truck will, will only have, um, uh, the driver and then our, our acting officer in the front. And then, uh, usually two guys in the back and then, then we have a rescue truck um, that has a bunch of like high angle rescue gear, hazmat, um, hazmat gear, a bunch of other things that that like vehicle extrication. Just it's got just some different equipment on it that it can store because it's got a lot of storage on it. Right. Um, and and typically that will only just have a driver on it. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll go and and check our packs, make sure all our gears in order and that if we get a call, it's just super quick getting your gear on and you know that everything's working properly. Cause if you get into a, into a, a pickle where it's a tough call or um, you want to make sure that you're confident that your pack's working right and your, your gear's all ready to go. Nice. Uh, and then, so yeah, that, that's just the, the very start. And then you go up, guys will have coffee or whatever some guys that haven't eaten breakfast they'll they'll 
grab a snack or whatever. Uh, and then we'll, we'll clean up everything. Uh, do our like morning cleanup. You clean the whole hall. Um, the newbies get the toilets. Um, uh, and then after that, we will, a lot of guys will work out. Um, we have like a, um, we are allotted uh, two hours, I think, every day to work out that uh, like they must give you two hours to work out, uh, which is pretty cool. And uh, so you do that and and then you have lunch after lunch. Uh, that's when you usually do our, our training. Um, so whatever is on for that day, medical training, hazmat training. Um, vehicle extrication, high angle rescue. Um, yeah, there's just, there's a ton of different um, sectors and ton of different um, parts of firefighting that you can work on. Um, we do that training for a couple hours. After that, uh, it's usually kind of downtime, um, chill out. Uh, that's when other guys will kind of go to the gym. Uh, then you have supper. And, and yeah, and before supper, you might um, do other things like wrap up things that need to be done for that day. Uh, but then after supper, it's just, it's kind of the boys time to do whatever, um, hang out and whatnot. And then, then yeah, we can sleep, man. It's, uh, it's amazing. Um, we get calls sometimes throughout the night, but most of our calls are through the, throughout the day when, when there's activity on the base um so typically our nights you get a decent rest um there's like there's rules you're not supposed to go to bed before 11 um and yeah and and um you wake up and and uh sometimes there's sea training because uh, when, when you're on the dockyard, um, a big part of our job is taking care of the ships. Um, so ships will put on exercises and, that we, we're a part of. And, um, it helps them uh, get used to what they need to do on fire calls, but it helps us as well. Um, so they'll call us at, say, 6 a.m. We'll go do that. And then, uh, and then yeah, we're off at 7.55 and then we have three days off. Um, yeah, it, I, I absolutely love it. And other halls have a, have a different um, thing than that, but with our hall, that's typically a normal day. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of, uh, a lot of prep work, obviously, make sure that you're, you know, you're sharpening your knives and making sure everything's uh, good to go. And um, do you want, uh, What's your packing order in the, in the in the fire hall? Are you a rookie? Are you making meals? Are you cleaning <laughs> toilets or? Yeah, so and that's again like I I don't want to steer people in the wrong direction with expectations because every fire hall is different in some ways. But um, like a lot of fire halls, the new guys are the ones that cook. Um, but with us, like <laughs> fortunately, I'm a bad cook, so I cooked once, and they they don't want it again. Um, but uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, I'm still even though I've been on three years now, um, we haven't done another hire, um, so so I'm still technically a new guy, which means yeah, like um, 
it's up to me and the other new guys to make sure that dishes are done, cleanups all taken care of. Um, like at nighttime before you go to bed, a lot of times the dishwasher needs to be emptied and, and stuff put away, and like garbage bags taken out and, and um, new ones put in, all that, like just the random typical stuff. Uh, the newbies have to make sure that that's taken care of. But, but mostly like our tons are different nowadays than the old days because um, older guys and veterans uh, are awesome with leading by example. And you'll have guys helping out all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's good. Um, There's something else I was thinking about. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking even when the new guys get on, um, just from what I've seen, how older guys help us out, um, that's going to be contagious and, and it's going to be something that we just, even though we're not typical or, or technically new guys, we're still going to help the younger guys out, um, with anything that needs to be done. And it's just so much better when everybody works together, it makes things way faster. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a great atmosphere where we're at. And, uh, but like I said, it, it could be different in different halls. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. I think, um, good leadership, uh, goes such a long way, you know, and it really, like you say, it's contagious and it's going to continue. And that's how, um, when the expectation, especially when, you know, people enjoy the way their leadership does things, you know, it just really inspires and, um, can help mold, you know, that way as I, you know, when, with, with negative leadership, sometimes I think, uh, when it's time for a change, when it's time for turnover, there's always a, a look to do something different. And oftentimes it's just uh, do something completely opposite of what was going on. So to have great leadership and to, to be able to, to carry that on and, and carry the torch. So um, is I imagine makes it one, a great work experience, but two, uh, just as far as um, your everyday life, right. That's gotta, that's gotta be um good to know especially when you're getting into a career like that and you're looking at you know however many years um, remaining or that you want to be doing this that um you know what to expect and at some point you're going to be in that position and and that that leadership uh matches up with your core values and, and yeah um, um yeah the, yeah um, go ahead no uh i just uh for for guys that uh you know, like you said, that at the start, just as far as getting in, right? We're talk about guys that maybe um, aren't sure as far as what they want to do in firefighting, something what they want to do, and maybe they haven't taken the, the PHPA class and they're looking for requirements. Is there anything set um, that you'd you'd want to know or need to know as far as uh, before you apply if you don't meet these requirements, um, as far as physical requirements or um, you know? Is there a resume process when you hand in, when you apply to school? Is there an entrance uh, um, or does anyone that apply get in and get a chance to go through the schooling process? Um, that's a good question, bud. And I, I feel kind of bad because I don't know fully the answer, um, but I'll, I'll just let you know kind of like what happened with me um, and other things that I, I, I know are part of other processes, but I just don't know which one specifically. Um, but for, for us uh, with DND, when I went through, um, it was like you needed to check off the boxes of having your level one and two firefighting um, certs from school. 
which the question about do you need certain things to get into fire school um i don't think so i i think it i think it's like your, your high school i think you do have to have your high school um other than that i don't think anything you, you just fill out a, a typical application um and then yeah it's up to just paying the money and, and passing as you go so that you don't get kicked out but um i know when i when i said earlier about studying four hours and it's just it's super crazy don't let that scare you because it's not it's not a you don't have to study four hours if you don't want to b um it's not intimidating it's a it's an awesome especially lakeland um it's an awesome experience um but yeah after fire school and when you're applying to different departments um there are like with dnd it was um we had to i think it was a written test first um and then if, if you um made it through the written test um and some depending on what department and, and at what point they are uh, recruiting sometimes it's a competition so your marks need to be it, not just passing but like need to be in the top whatever in order to move along um but where we were um the first time i went through the process that's how it was it was a competition um the second and and that actually due to administrative errors that happened um the whole the whole process got canceled and i was waiting for the email like i went through the whole process with just waiting to hear if i got hired or not and then the whole thing got thrown out um, but yeah, second time through it was written test and then, um, and then the physical test, um, which isn't that bad. Um, it's like, I won't go into details, but like a treadmill test with the gear on, um, and then just like, uh, basic firefighting skills with your gear on. Um, and yeah, uh, but I know with HRM uh they do uh the beep test is a part of it and i think like 7.5 i think was the level that that was a pass um but if basically if you wanted um to get considered further you kind of had to get to 10 um and then yeah to continue with ours after the physical then it was interview uh and then after the interview it was whether or not they wanted you or not um uh, but yeah with with other departments there's certain um tests that you have to do like uh if say they they require a certain physical test done there's places around in ontario that that just um they they provide these physical tests for you if you pass then you get kind of that certificate saying hey I passed this certain test. Um, this department looks for that. Here you go. Um, I know other departments throughout, like I know in, in Winnipeg, at the time my buddies were going through, they required you to uh, also be a paramedic. Um, so you needed your, I think it was your EMR um, in order to even apply. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just, I feel bad I can't specifically answer your question, but but for whoever's interested in it, um, wherever they're looking, they can they can 
uh, give them a call or look on their website as to see see what uh, what process that they specifically go through. Um, but it never hurts getting your schooling um, because even the departments that don't require your schooling, um, a lot of times will give um, you like a five percent a five point increase if it's a competition that you have your schooling. Um, same with volunteer volunteering um, a lot of places it, it adds to your um, kind of your your points in a in a recruiting situation um, but other places don't and it's all over the place uh, but but like I said I, I getting your schooling done as well as uh, any volunteer experience uh, those can never steer you in the wrong direction uh, not in my experience right. anyway yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. I know that's a lot of uh, information, a lot of stuff also that you probably haven't uh, had to cover in a long time. It's something you go through during the, the application yeah. process. So no, I appreciate you um, racking through your memory and, and going through that. I think it's obviously as 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 much information as you, you can, can really get um, in regards to something it really gives you a feel for, right? Firefighting that's not really a process that you can kind of feel out. Uh, it's something that you kind of have to jump into uh, and commit to doing, like you said, the, the, the cost for schooling and uh, the, the process that you go through. Um, that's something you, you know that you're, gonna, that you're gonna be willing to commit to, right? And so there's a lot of valuable information that you've been able to share. Uh, before we wrap, uh, the one thing I did wanna ask you here before we wrap this up was, uh, you've had a, obviously a pretty successful um, transition when you left the game of hockey, but there's also some time um, when you were transitioning where you said, you know, that you weren't, uh, you know, times weren't as great, you know, and there was a lot of um, unknown as far as advice that you could give uh, if you were talking to someone that was in the game right now looking to transition out of the game but had no idea with where to go. Um, just based off of your experience, what uh, more of a personality or more of like a character trait, I guess I'd say, as far as uh, just actual career direction, what would you what would you say to someone that was getting out of the game? Um, to really one huge thing is to really, really um, think about what um, makes you tick. I know I've said that earlier, but like, like the deep down stuff that you're like, man, this is what I want to do in life, what I want to be a part of in life. Cause like I said to you earlier, like you work the majority of your life. So you want to have some sort of passion within your work. Um, so you got to think like, what do I enjoy doing? Um, if, if you're already kind of down and there's not much that you do enjoy, then think about uh, what you're good at. If you're down about that, and like you don't really feel like you're good at much other than hockey, then think about what you like, what makes you happy at, at some points. Like, and, and it might be something you can't think of right away if you're in a down spot. Um, but then you'll notice, like if you go and do something and be like, man, I'm laughing here or like, oh, this makes me feel good, whatever. Okay, write that down. Uh, and then notice a couple of different things and and just really think about what your core values are, what what helps you 
um, enjoy life and, and then grab those and then start going through lists of careers and, and looking and see like, okay, that, that might go along with that. That might go along and, and then look through uh, information on different things and talk to different people and, and like what you're doing, um, hop on here and check out the database of, as you talk to more guys, um, see different careers. And even if it's something that, that you're like, well, I never thought of that, like, man, give it a listen. And it, it might change how you thought. Like one of my uh, favorite jobs outside of firefighting was um, <laughs> delivering beds for sleep country. <laughs> um, man, I loved it because it was, it was me and another guy and he was a big boy. Uh, and, and at the start of the day, you'd have the list of beds and whatnot that you had to deliver. And when you were done delivering, you were done for the day. So it was like, man, if we can get this done fast, then our money per hour rate is much higher than if it takes us all day. So, man, we had our timers going and we would just be buzzing. We'd be like literally running through houses. And there were multiple times where people were like, whoa, 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 can you slow down? And, and we'd be like in a polite way, say like, well, we got to do this fast. If we mark anything, then you can sign a form and, and like it's it's on us kind of thing. But we're right. not going to mark anything because we're just so used to doing it. Yeah. And we just be buzzing. And so, yeah, long story short, some things that you might think like would not be for you at all, um, you might end up loving. So, right. No, and that is, uh, it's excellent advice because it obviously worked out so great for you, but your ability to identify and have the awareness within yourself to know what makes you tick, you know, and, and knowing that there's certain things um that make you happy right and and like you said the time constraint uh that work puts on your life you know and if if you were to have to look outside of that schedule to to try and get those core things that that really help you uh enjoy life to get those in um you know that's that's very difficult to do and eventually that takes uh you know some of those things are going to fall to the wayside and that's obviously uh, going to affect your your overall state so uh that's uh, a great little uh, little story there with sleep country too it's amazing what you do uh what you might actually like or you might enjoy or just the experience and the um even some of the memories that you can gain just by doing something and have the willingness to try things out um being open to things and just really not being afraid to, to try something new even if you don't think it is and you mentioned earlier i think in the in the episode here about just uh you know kind of getting over that pride and that, that ego and just being like um you know why not why not try something out you know you just yeah. you never you never really know especially um you know being involved with the game and maybe not having the the time or or the thought to to try different things out that's such a such a valuable lesson just to to be open to to try different things because you really never know especially if you you don't have uh that much of an idea or you're not able to identify some some things within yourself that, that point you in the direction like you did with firefighting um yeah the last thing before there's a just a little tradition here uh with everything that's been going on the last couple of years and, and small business has taken a hit i'd like to do a small business shout out uh and just with the name coffee true to chat i'd like if you could um shout out your favorite cafe that you like to go a little coffee shop and then your favorite restaurant that you like to go to 
um, something that we can, you know, tag on the social media and, and anyone that listens to this. And, and so they know that anytime they go to Halifax or, or if it's a different town, you can, you can name that as well. And, and uh, they know where to go because it's Justin Smith recommended. <laughs> All right. Well, first off, I don't drink coffee. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but, buddy, I know a good spot. Uh, apartment three, it's called, uh, in Sackville. Um, and everybody I know that goes there loves it. Everybody raves about it. Uh, and then did you say restaurant? Yeah, restaurant. Yeah. Or just anywhere to go grab a bite to eat. It doesn't have to necessarily be a sit down spot. Yeah. Um, one spot, uh, and I got to give my boy a shout out here, Andrew Lockyer, a guy I work with, he, uh, he owns a pizza shop uh, in Dartmouth called Stone Pizza, uh, and that's, that's A1. It's, it's, uh, it's more like your um, like gourmet style pizza. It's not like, you know what I mean? Uh, right, yeah. Because I, I like both. Like, I like your, your like old school, just like. Just a grease uh, wheel. Yeah, fit, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, and yeah. then I also like the the more expensive gourmet style pizza, and, and that's what they do, and it's delicious. And yeah, that's wicked. Yeah, well, I'll be sure to um, give them the the proper shout out on the on social media, and and of course plug in your boy. That's always uh, you know number <laughs> number one. You got to look out for the fellows. So that's uh, that's good stuff, Schmitty. Um, I want to thank you so much for for hopping on here and sharing your experiences. Um, and just, you know, having the, the vulnerability and just uh, being able to talk about some things and really dig into the detail about uh, your experiences as you've transitioned from the game. And now that you found your passion to also share um, a little behind the scenes as far as the, the process it takes to, to get into firefighting and what, uh, you know, someone might uh, expect getting into firefighting as far as the atmosphere, as far as day to day and and uh, I'm really happy for you that you're able to to find uh, what you really wanted to do and, and that you're really enjoying yourself and um, you know where life has taken you so thank you so much for, for coming on and it's been great chatting with you yeah thanks for having me buddy and and if anybody at all um, watches or listens to this and has more questions um, feel free to give them my information um, and uh yeah, like I guess if, if somebody's listening and they want to email me or something, it's smithj1417 at gmail.com. Um, I'd be happy to chat with anybody that that is looking for this for a career. Um, highly recommend it. That's awesome. And a uh, follow to, to Smitty on Instagram will never disappoint because he's one of the original content creators. Some of his videos are... <laughs> <laughs> our laugh a lot of funny and i think everyone uh should just see at least one or two of them because uh they're they're ingenious so um hope you have a good rest of your day thanks for coming on man thanks buddy thank you for listening to this week's episode please like share subscribe or leave a review down below